0: Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guest today worked on a corporate work corporate job as a mechanical engineer after trying a coworker's kombucha. He started brewing it and then he was making it for himself, seeing how it benefited others and how he decided he basically wanted to produce it. And he is now producing the cleanest and most intentional kombucha in the Sunshine State. Please welcome the owner of Living Vitality, Daniel Cohen again. Daniel, thank you so much for taking taking some time and coming to see me and hanging out during my lunch break. Um, how are we doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me in your beautiful neighborhood and beautiful home.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I, what So since it's my lunch break, What's your usual go-to like lunch or sandwich?
1: So I was thinking about this a lot and this brings me back to my twenties. It's a, uh, bacon, egg, and cheese Okay, on a extra toasted everything bagel toasted with some butter. And then a little bit of cream cheese in it.
0: Well, I like that, that's a that's a good one. I got I got something for you before you leave. I got, make, remind me to give you something before you leave, especially since you uh since you came out to see me. I got I actually have a bagel egg and cheese uh, pin enamel pin that I'll, I'll make sure that you you walk <laughs> away you walk away with that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how this all started, kind of started. Um, obviously, in my intro, I brought up that you were a mechanical engineer. You were I know you were working in the met in the, in the medical field. Um, and I, and I brought up the whole topic of like you having, uh, you know, sampled it from one of your, one of your coworkers. So kind of lead me from there, like what, tell me the origin story of how this started in 2013.
1: Sure. Um, I'm an engineer through and through ever since middle school. okay, My mom put me in pre-engineering middle school and then I followed up in high school and then college went to engineering school. And then after that I went to engineering, uh, job in a, in a corporation. It was Texas Instruments at the time, and I spent about six and a half years there, and then I got an opportunity to work for a, a startup company called Secure, uh, and it, they dealt in the medical industry. So I went from automotive industry to medical industry, and we were developing uh, insulin pumps. It took about a year and a half or so, and in that time frame, a coworker worker He was kind of from California. He was, you know, kind of quirky guy doing his own thing. He brought in his own individual kombucha and had me taste it. And I had no idea what it was, but I'm an experimenter. So I tried it. I said yes and gave it a go. And he's like, do you want to make it at home? And I said, sure. And he brought in a starter culture, a little SCOBY. And I just looked it up on YouTube. I self-learned everything and I started brewing it and it became a hobby and I fell in love with it and it changed my life.
0: And I know that so you obviously you'd started noticing the the health benefits from drinking it, um, which is one of the things and uh, and from my understanding and and obviously I'm I'm new to kombucha. So that that was another reason why I wanted to bring you in is because I wanted to I just kind of wanted to learn from learn from you as well. Um, From my understanding, it's fermented tea, but it's basically from it's made from sugar, water and tea leaves. That's right. um, Is what it's made of. So. Tell me a little bit about like, so are you usually the type of person that will go the route of like, hey, I want to kind of just, you know, you like something and then you just start taking it, you start ramping it up? Um, Because from what it sounds like, it sounds like that's kind of how you went the route. You're like, I like this. I'm going to start brewing more of this. Um, And then when you started brewing more of it, was it one of those where you're like, I'm brewing it to sell or I'm brewing it just so that I can kind of share with others and like the the good, how good kombucha is and, and what it's good for it?
1: I'm like I said, I'm an experimenter. Yeah. Uh, so I like to take, you know, what's presented to me, try it, experiment with it, play around with it. And then if I really like it, I adapt it. Okay. I, I adopt it and then I adapt it to, to myself. So that that was the, the origin story. I um I was kind of in this mentality where my mind was expanding i was in my late 20s i was trying different foods i was giving up a lot of things i gave up dairy at the time i even gave up some meats and processed cereals i was eating cereal all the time like with milk in the morning late in my 20s (laughs) and um I quit all that. And at the same time, that's when kombucha came into my life. And it just accelerated all this detox and and weight loss, I I ended up losing over 30 pounds. Wow. And I got healthier, I got more energy, more vitality in my life, uh, just more clarity of mind. And um, just felt just felt better. Like I, I didn't get sick as often, just less inflammation in my body and i just fell in love with it and that took about three to six months and six to nine months is when i lost all the weight so
0: how often are you drinking drinking the kombucha These is it days, like all
1: day like all
0: day that does all you drink or what like or is it like once or twice a day what's the i guess recommended uh amount to drink uh if you know
1: i think as little as four ounces per day is oh. is very effective really yeah so, sometimes, i mean, I have it on tap at home, so yeah. it's, it's hard to measure. Correct. But, but I, you know, I'll drink a glass with dinner, or yeah. a glass with lunch, or breakfast. Sometimes a couple glasses here and there, but um, you definitely have to drink water with it.
0: Okay, that that makes that makes that makes a lot of sense. So, let tell me, kind of lead me. So, so now you you've you have experimented, you have adapted you're kind of now developing you're kind of like oh I'm kind of developing my own flavors my own things that I like um, what was the what was the turning point like the switch that made you go I want to try to start like either selling this like were you selling it to friends were you how did like did you start doing farmers markets what what was the intro like the beginning part of it
1: so at the time I was making it for myself. On a weekly basis, about a gallon to two gallons, and I was just experimenting with all sorts of flavors like berries, anything I could get my hands on, um, clementines, uh, oranges, berries, and and other uh, fruits and peaches and whatnot. Anything that was available. I was in Massachusetts, by the way, and so the seasons there are very you know very short. Yep. So you get like a lot of uh, you know different fruits. You get apples and whatnot. So. I was just experimenting for the first few months. And then eventually I was so excited about it. I started, you know, sharing it with my friends, teaching them how to do it. Like I was so excited. I was giving them the mother culture, showing them how to do it real quick, bringing it to their home, like going into their kitchen, be like, this is how you do it. And, and you know, going to, to the local store and buying the, the gallon jugs and just showing them how to, how to brew the tea and how to mix in the sugar, like just how simple it is. And I taught my mom. And she still makes it to the day really? so it's been 10, 12 years, and she actually uh, inspired a lot of my recipes because she's more of an experimental. I was going to say
0: I that I, I figured you had to get it from somewhere, so that would make <laughs> sense. okay yeah And then tell me what you brought you've said it twice now, and I'm just kind of curious once again, I'm totally naive to all this. Um, mother culture what is what is the what is
1: that? I'm glad you asked Yeah so kombucha is fermented tea, so it's made with Sugar, water, and green tea leaves, or it could be black tea or white tea. It has to be Camellia sinensis, that plant. It's all the same. Um, you know, green, white, or black is all the same plant. And what you need is just older kombucha to start it. So the mother kombucha is just actually older kombucha that is more maybe more vinegary. But basically, you always every time you you brew kombucha, you have to save a little bit. I like to use between. 10 to 15 percent of older kombucha to the to the new batch and that's what it is and in the industry they call it a scoby a symbiotic community of bacteria and yeast so it is a community it's a symbiotic community of many many organisms many um, probiotic organisms that are good for digestion good for detox uh, lowers inflammation boosts your immune system
0: yeah that's i mean it's great so then So then, at this point now, we've already you've now started giving it to your friends. Now, basically becoming like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share the, I'm gonna share the knowledge with all your friends and everything like that. At what point did you start going? Like, what was the next one? Because obviously, you're still working, yeah. You're still doing, you're you're still being, you know, you're still a mechanical engineer. Uh, So, at what point? What was the stepping point where you're like? I want to go because, and then we're also in, still in Massachusetts. So like at this point, like when did you move to Florida? And then when did you kind of like, when did all these dominoes start falling into a place?
1: So like I said, my mind was expanding around the, the, my late twenties. yeah, And I started realizing some deep things about, about the medical industry specifically in, in uh, diabetes and, and insulin and all that stuff. and, you know, the thing that turned that, that really was a turning point for me was I sat in a marketing meeting and they were showing graphs about, you know, the projections of people getting sick over the next 5 to 10 years. And it was just kind of an exponential growth of people with diabetes and all yeah. that. And they were so excited about it because this this was like an opportunity for, for profit. profit. And that's when I was I woke up, I opened my eyes and I was like do I want to be part of this profit making machine or do I want to be part of the solution? And that's the point where kombucha was like entering my life and I was researching and discovering all the benefits of it and I realized, you know what? I'm gonna focus on this and I know that this is something that actually can help people. There's a lot of uh, accounts of, of people you know claiming a lot of health benefits uh, after drinking it religiously or maybe even making it themselves and so I said you know what this is this is what I want to do and within the next three to six months I had quit that job and um, I ended up I was long distance dating somebody in Orlando so I decided to you know Shut down my life over there, and I packed up all my things, sold a bunch of things, and I moved down with like one little container of uh, of a scoby <laughs> and a mother, and I drove all the way down to uh, to Orlando from from Massachusetts. It took about a week. We made a bunch of stops, and um, started brewing it in the kitchen here in Orlando for about six six to nine months until um, I eventually decided to, you know, look how to get licensed, how to get permitted, what what were all the required steps and everything. And uh, and I was still doing it. The, the first time we did it that we actually got permitted was through a commissary kitchen. Okay. So that was in 2013. So I intentionally uh, LLC'd my company in uh, January 3rd, 2013, so 1313 and uh i'm big into like numerology and astrology and all that stuff so to me it 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 felt good and um but it still took several several months to like to get actually permitted to like do all the research to figure out what it takes to get you know the license and everything so it wasn't until september that i was of that year 2013 that i made my first sale to a vegan uh, bakery um, that's no longer there, but it was like right on the corner of mills, mills and 50. Okay. Um, Rhapsody. Okay. Rep, or Rhapsodic Bakery. Yeah. yeah. That was my very first customer through another person that, uh, uh, referenced me, um, in the drum circle communities. That, that was the first thing I did is I looked for a drum circle, uh, here in Orlando and okay. I found a beautiful one through the Florida school of holistic living and at the, at the old dandelion location okay under the bodhi tree it was uh everything just aligned so i was bringing my kombucha there for a while sampling it to everybody and every you know people in the community they just encouraged me to hey are you gonna sell this are you gonna bring it so i started bringing more and more every every month to the drum circles and that's like that's the genesis of my of how i turned it commercial
0: okay that's that and that's amazing i um one of the things that I know that I've read about was like that you kind of like slowly invested little by little into the business. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, is that, was that one of those where once again, it was premeditated from the time when you were like started uh, sampling and stuff like that, or starting to like do it yourself and starting to like now talk to other people in Massachusetts. Was that when you started kind of like, Hey, I should invest a little bit into this. Uh, Cause I think there's something here.
1: Yeah. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, people look at me and they think, Oh, you must have everything figured out, or you must've had a plan. No, I did not have a plan for this at all. I was actually looking at how many I was doing the math and figuring out how many bottles I'd have to fill to to make the same amount of money I was making as an engineer and yeah. i almost I almost quit that moment I was like that's too many <laughs> that's too many bottles. I'm not gonna sit here and start filling them but I kept going and you know one thing led to another. I just threw you know beautiful contacts and just You know, following my passion, people referenced me to other locations, and word of mouth, and I started growing little by little to the point where I outgrew my uh, the commissary kitchen, Um, which, by the way, I was brewing most of it at home because it was way cleaner than the commissary kitchen. Mm -hmm. So, around a few months after that, um, I landed my first location. That was my own, but it was shared with a coffee company, uh, a coffee roaster, and they're called Blessed Bean. I'm not sure if they're still around, but they're in Longwood. Okay. And um, I got about 600 square feet, but they already had a kitchen, which is what I needed, a com- like a, a, a real commercial a commercial kitchen, kitchen. Yeah, yeah, with a three bay sink and hot water and all that. And that was like a too big of an investment for me at the time, but you know, I basically, you know, everything I used was like buckets in the beginning. And then after that, I was able to upgrade to like larger kettles, like 100-quart 100, 100 kettles, and then I was still using the buckets for other parts of the process. And then, and then I went to a, a new Smyrna, I went to a, a wine store, and I found some wine fermenters, 80 gallons each, three of them, and I had just enough money to, to invest in that. And so then I upgraded to those, and then I started using the kettles for other things, for the starters. So every time that I upgraded, I was still able to reuse, repurpose, repurpose, yeah, Yeah. yeah, like the existing equipment I had. And then I refrigeration is a big thing, so I I went on Craigslist at the time. Uh, I don't even think uh, Facebook Marketplace was that popular back then, but craigslist i found you know some used fridges and and coolers and all the stuff and i was able to like transport it into the into my brewery at the time um and i stayed there for about two to three years and then eventually we outgrew that and i found a 1200 square foot place um i think it was in 2015 or or 16 and, uh, and it was finally like my, my first very, very own brewery, 1,200 square feet with a little office in the front, a bathroom. And we just had to do a lot of modifications. We had some problems with the city. We figured it out. And we stayed there for about three, three and a half years. And now eventually in 2019, right before they shut down everything, um, we moved to a 3,200 square foot uh, wow. facility wow. In, in Orlando.
0: So there's a few things I want to unpack there. Well, the first part I want to kind of rewind back to is the fact that and I, and it was one of the first things I think I even asked you when we first started talking, when I met you, because I the, and just to give an idea, I met Daniel at um, one of my one of our uh, Lunch with Biggie, uh, you know, podcast guest Chantal, I was at her podcast premiere and he was there and I got to try the kombucha and and that's kind of where I was like, whoa, what is this? I want to know more about this. So I, that's kind of how I met Daniel. Uh, and one of the first things I asked kind of Daniel was the fact that was like and I wanted him to talk a little bit about it was he started in 2013. Kombucha, like 20, we're we're currently, you know, in 2020, 2023, 10 years later, kombucha is now a normal thing. You go to any supermarket, it's there. 2013, that was not the case. So can we talk a little bit about, because when you're creating a product that is brand new, that there's a lot of knowledge sharing and a lot of like, you're using a lot of time to not only produce, but you're also now having to in, you know, kind of like share knowledge and, and kind of teach people what these things are. Can we talk a little bit about some of that, like how the difficulties and some of those things of you having, you know, how, especially now, since so it's so different, like how get trying, how difficult it was to try to get that word out and try to like get people to be like, hey, no, really, you should try this. Um, this is something that's been, you know, forever. Uh, you know, it's something, you know, and in, in that we're not, we're just not, we're not, we don't know about it yet.
1: One of the first places that people go to here in Orlando, we're so blessed with so many farmers markets. Is, yeah. is you know, as a, as a small business entrepreneur, you're able to get into a farmers market and really show your product. So that's what I did. In about 2014 or 2015, um, we started wholesaling right away, but you know, to places that really knew what kombucha was, which were very few and far between. But when we started doing farmers markets. I was literally explaining to about 90% of the people that came up what kombucha was. Yeah. That was the number one question, what is kombucha? Second one, does it have alcohol? Third, how much sugar is in it? Fourth, what benefits does it have? Yeah. So it was about 90%. And it was so unknown here, even in the state of Florida, you know, the regulators didn't know about it. What I had to do to get my permit was actually go to, I had to prove to the process authority, which is um, something that everybody has to do to get their process approved for for food safety, is I had to go to UCF. I, I knew from my college days that, you know, the library is open and you can download basically any research paper in the world for free. And just to be conservative with my money, I went there. I downloaded about 15 different papers, and I had to summarize. I read them all and summarized uh, everything in, in, a, in a document, a couple, couple pages, and I gave that to the process authority to get it approved, wow. to say, hey, this is actually safe for consumption. It's, it's an acidic product, the pH is below 4.0, which means it's, it's uh, self-preserved. Um, uh, and it, does, it is a living product, so it needs to be refrigerated. And with those requirements, uh, I was able to get the permit at the time. Yeah, nowadays I'm explaining to about 20% at the farmer's market yeah. You know of, of people, what is kombucha and, and all that. But the, the question still remain, how much sugar is in it? Uh, we have about eight grams left of sugar but it's mostly already metabolized by the, by the, uh, by the product. So it's, it's not the same amount of sugar as, as like, it's not one-to-one as like table sugar. Got it. It's actually broken down in you know, glucose and fructose. Most of the glucose is metabolized, so you're just left with the sweetness of the fructose. Um, so it's, it's less than you think and it doesn't have the same effect as, as like regular sugar does. The benefits, you know, a lot of people claim that it cures this, it cures that kombucha doesn't cure anything. It's actually your own body that cures yourself. Mm -hmm. But when we're, you know, so full of inflammation or toxins from like, you know, everyday stress or, or food that we eat, the body can't do that. But kombucha actually detoxes you and reduces inflammation. So it helps your body basically heal itself for many, many different things, like especially chronic diseases. Um, and does it have alcohol it's got a trace amount of alcohol under 0.5% so it's considered non-alcoholic but um, it's impossible to get rid of like of everything yeah. unless you you know boil it or um, unless you do something different that's not traditional yeah
0: what makes your cuz i brought it up in the intro and i've seen it in your on your on your site and everything what makes your kombucha the cleanest what what does that mean
1: so yeah we we like to, to say that we have one of the cleanest kombuchas because we learned the hard way how to make kombucha. Uh, I did so much research, so much research over the past um, eight, eight to ten years on, on how to stabilize basically the alcohol and the sugar levels and the consistency and all that. And by the way, it changes with the weather. It changes during the seasons, if it's too humid, if it's too hot. Um, so temperature control is really important but also cleaning between each batch, you know, and the way that we processed it, that, we process, that, I, that I process and brew the kombucha today is we use very, very uh, fermented starter that's very clarified, almost like if you do like a racking of wine, I don't know if uh, people are familiar with the, with, with the wine process, there's a lot of settlement, a lot of yeast at the bottom. Same thing with kombucha, so we take from the middle where it's where it's really clean and it's just it's full of the bacteria and less of the yeast and we pump that as our starter and then we let that sit for about three weeks as well too and then once that's done and fermented we take from the middle again and that gives us a very clean consistent kombucha Um, and we clean we clean very thoroughly between each batch as well too which a a lot of uh, kombucha companies don't know to do and it doesn't doesn't taste the same. You get this like funky, you know, funky taste to it. It's like almost too fermented, puts a lot of people off. So when people try our kombucha, they're like, oh, I didn't know it could taste like this.
0: And that's the part I'm excited about. Um, originally, you started with I um, mean, and and I know like I got I I have some like you have canned version of this, but originally I'm assuming it was a glass as I you started or how did you kind of start that process of the packaging now what it is because you've obviously now I'm I'm assuming you still don't do that many. Um, your most of your business is probably either wholesale or kind of distribution because you're not you don't you're not doing as many farmers markets type things because you're in a in a lot of more locations. I think I saw on your website it's like forty five at least, but there's you know that's forty five you know type of places and and over a hundred different places have your uh, have your product. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about like how you've kind of evolved um, from that because that's something that's something I'm always intrigued by. Um, when I've talked to other people who have kind of had to scale their business, Mm -hmm. like, cause you technically you've scaled it from going from home brewing to commissary kitchen brewing to now actually brewing it in like large, large bats, Mm -hmm. um, gallons of, of it. Um, how is that process going through that learning curve of going i mean obviously it's a lot of math and a lot which is mm-hmm. work, works r- right in your wheelhouse mm-hmm. uh and when it comes to all those things of uh, adapting and kind of setting up but i'm kind of curious like how that kind of that transition because that's a different way of how you're looking how you're sourcing now material how you're, you know, those are, those are more costs now. There's like a, all these different variables now are involved mm-hmm. when you go from, you know, home, I'm doing it at home to, you know, I'm kind of doing it in a kitchen to now I'm actually brewing it in like a, a, a huge brewery.
1: Yeah, it's a funny story with that. You know, my initial um, my my initial way of uh, approaching this business was was not to do farmer's markets, but actually to go straight to wholesale. Yeah. So what I was doing is actually buying these beer bottles 12 ounce long neck beer bottles buying the capper buying the caps and the labels was actually printing them on a laser printer <laughs> and then cutting them by hand with like a paper cutter and then using milk to paste it onto the bottle wow which is a trick because a milk has like this lactose on it that actually you know it's a pretty good glue and it was just paper so you know anytime it, like i would have to tell people don't let it sit out for too long because it's going to get condensation and the label's going to fall off so <laughs> for about a year it was it was it was messy but i was doing doing it by hand um, and putting in the ingredients each each individual bottle at a time um, when
0: you mean putting the ingredients, you like, you didn't, weren't making like large bats and then kind of just doing like, and actually just pouring, just pouring like you to make a batch of kombucha and then pour it into each bottle. So, or I would, were you doing it or were each one is like his own actual,
1: I would juice ginger and I would put, you know, two teaspoons in each bottle by hand. I would count five blueberries in each bottle and put them in by hand. And this is, you know, when I was making about 24 to 48 bottles at a time, <laughs> it was a truly a labor of love.
0: No, I love that. I love that. And that's because you wanted to keep the consistency mm-hmm. for everyone to have the same consistent taste. Yeah. The same number um, of
1: blueberries. Yeah.
0: That is crazy. Yeah. Wow. And then now obviously that's not that's not happening now. Like you're not dropping berries into the cans. No. Um, but now you're actually canning Mm every all the kombucha. Yeah. Um and it comes in how many so how many how many flavors did you or yeah, how many flavors did you start off with? And then now how many do you have like now? What's like in your uh your skew? How many skews do you have of uh yeah of that?
1: We had we had three flavors. We had original, we had blueberry, and we had ginger lemon. Now we have over 60 different recipes of flavors. Wow. And what we have in cans is, is uh, 10 flavors. And in kegs, we have way more. We have 20, at any given point, we have about at least 20 to 25 flavors. Wow! Now we introduce the flavor of the month um, scenario where we create a new flavor every month based on what's, what's available seasonally. The next one coming up is, uh, is a chai masala. So we blend our own spices um, with cinnamon and some maple syrup and, and, um, and it's, it's delicious. So we're going with like the fall theme, you know? Um, but to go back to your earlier question about, about bottling. So we started with bottles, glass bottles for a while, and we, we stuck with it for about three, four years until, um, I was approached by a customer called wild hair in Longwood. And I built out a kegerator for them. And this was like a a handmade kegerator with a, a chest, a chest freezer that I turned into a fridge and I put a wood top on top and then two tap towers with double taps. So it was four taps with four kegs inside. I had everything measured. I had to like make make everything fit inside. And that was the first time that like I offered it on tap. And it was so successful that it generated so much revenue that I was able to reinvest that into, you know, bigger facility, bigger, um, more kegs. Um, bigger fermenters and eventually a bigger space to move into. Wow. Yeah. So now we do everything. Uh, we still use a lot of the, the process that we used to use, which is which is handmade. But we do in, in batches of 10 to 20 kegs at a time, which is 50 to 100 gallons. Um, we ferment 160-gallon fermenters, and we do about two to three of those. So anywhere between um, 320 uh, or, or more gallons per, per week or every other week. And then we flavor it and we make concentrations. We still use real ingredients. We still use juice, ginger. We work with um, local customers. I, I work with new moon market to juice our ginger cause they have a huge juicer. Um, I work with a local farm in Vero beach to get uh, juiced turmeric and uh, we get that, we freeze it, and, and then we use a little bit at a time for our batches. We use frozen berries, we use dried herbs, and we make you know, big batches of it, and we do everything almost, almost everything cold brewed. So even our tea is cold brewed, so we don't introduce too much heat. It simplifies the process quite a bit. It actually makes it even more consistent than before, and, uh, and everything is real ingredients.
0: Nice. Have you ever done one, out of curiosity, have you ever done one with elderberry? Yeah. Yeah, we have? have
1: We have an elderberry uh, flavor with ginger and cinnamon. Really? Yep.
0: I bet that would be pretty, uh, that's like a good, because like I know elderberry is like, there's so many great um, health benefits for it. So that's yeah. why I was like, when you were saying that, I was like, oh, I wonder if he's done one with elderberry. Yeah,
1: anti-flu. And actually yeah. elderberry is found throughout the, the entire world and it's like really proliferant here in florida yeah so the first batches of elderberry i would go and pick you know behind the neighborhood i would go and, and pick uh the elderberries and 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 uh, juice them by hand
0: that's crazy <laughs> where so the name living vitality um, vitality um give me like did you was it just like oh that just that was it like you just kind of it just popped in your head or was it you kind of like, what did you have other names before you kind of went that route? Like, what were you, how did, what was the kind of origin of that out of curiosity?
1: Naming was was the toughest part, Mm -hmm. you know, to be honest, like you ask anybody, what's the, what's the toughest part of your, of your company? It's like naming it. So I went, you know, with a lot of different ideas. And at the end of the day, you know, what the thing that really stuck out to me was that, you know, it, it gave me, it, it gave me vitality again. It gave me vitality and I wanted to have a, 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 you know, play of words with the TEA at the end yeah. and the living. So the living means a lot of things yeah, it's a living product. It's a probiotic. We yeah. don't uh, pasteurize it. It has living bacteria, living organisms that are beneficial for the body. But also it's like, I'm living it. You know, I'm being this vitality. I'm, I'm personifying, I'm embodying the vitality. So I'm living vitality.
0: No, I think it's, it's a great name. I mean, I love it. And I love the T the at the end and, like, everything that kind of – it all just kind of connects. And I totally understand because, like, it sounds crazy because my brand is called Deli Fresh Threads. It's, like, the most common generic name. And it took me forever. And I was, like, I finally was, like, oh, that just makes sense because every time I would go to a sandwich place or, like, a grocery store in the deli, it would be, like, Deli Fresh. And I was, like, oh, that would make sense. So, yeah, so I totally understand where – but you, like, you're you, – like it it fits very it fits perfectly on there so that's why i was like kind of curious on how you do it and i love like the logo and and everything that you've kind of how it's evolved um from where it was into you know kind of rebrand because you've done the rebrand like a logo rebrand correct on the cans and everything like that
1: yeah we did a logo rebrand this you know our old logo is uh it's like a green leaf going sideways with the name in the middle of it and then i rebranded to a more of a like a modern looking leaf with some more color behind it and then the words underneath of it and now we're going through a third rebrand, third rebrand, yeah, which okay. is it's a little scary, but uh, you know we want to kind of elevate the the brand a little bit more.
0: And I think I saw something on there that you're now there's something else that's going to be introduced soon.
1: Yeah, for sure. So over the years, we learned so much about um, kombucha and and our customers and the direction of the market and where everybody's headed and and we always want to differentiate ourselves and be one one step ahead of the game so what we're introducing is we have our core flavors which are the most popular flavors that we've had for for a really long time but we're introducing functional flavors now so delicious kombucha but that has separate functionality one is for focus another one is for adaptogens for um stress basically stress um Stress modulation, I would call it, uh, being able to, to handle more stress. Yeah. Um, immunity, and we have like, a, like an energy blend. We have a calming blend. So we have um, different functionalities, but then also we have uh, botanical-infused kombuchas, which I don't think anybody else is really doing in the country. Uh, we are working with a lot of kava bars and kratom bars, and so we're using kava. Uh, which is a very heart opening and and calming uh, herb a root from southeast pacific and kratom leaves as well too. Uh, we've worked with um Treadwell Farms for using their organic hemp and uh, now we're getting into coffee. So oh, we we're okay. we're, we're going to provide some probiotic coffee.
0: Wow. So you definitely that's definitely some allusion. so With that being said, that first thing that kind of was like, well, that, that team, that there's gotta be a lot more people involved in this now in this, in this process. So can we kind of get a, give me an idea of like, obviously when you started, it was just you doing all this, Mm -hmm. where, how many people are now like, are part of like this circle of, you know, living vitality that's actually doing, uh, producing, helping you produce and doing all these things.
1: Yeah. So my core team has changed a lot, but uh, right now I have two people that work in the production and they're able to handle everything themselves. Um, I step in if, um, if, if I need to fill in or if we have like a big, a big uh, f- you know, brewing day. Um, I have two, two people that help uh, deliver. So we deliver twice a week on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I'm
0: assuming like refrigerated trucks and all that stuff because everything's cold?
1: Um, it doesn't have to be. Okay. Yeah, because we make our kombucha. Yeah, we keep everything in the fridge long term. But uh, because we make it fresh, it can, it can stay out for a couple days uh, up to a couple days, so we actually start shipping our product as well too. So how we can you can find it online, and that's why we switched to cans is to be able to ship it across the country. Nice, because um, we tried it with I tried it with the bottles and they were breaking. Yeah, you know about we got like less than fifty percent success rate on the shipping because they would break it. And they would just you know UPS would, would just throw it away. Mm-hmm. So now with the cans we can ship it across the country. Uh, so we're finding some, some really good opportunities there. And, um, yeah, uh, so we have two in the production, two for delivery. And I have one person that helps me, um, with the sales out in the, like Tampa, St. Pete area. So I have about five in the core team.
0: That's great, man. That's great. What's been some of, what's been some of the things that like the learning curve, because you've, you know, you've kind of scaled the way you've scaled in the last 10 years, what are some things that you've kind of learned along the way um, during this, these past 10 years, especially as you continue increasing and growing your, your brand?
1: You know, one thing is the quality, you know, our core values. We re- we're really sticking to our core values, which is uh, quality above, above cost and, um, you know, being as efficient as possible. Cutting, you know, trimming the fat in the process. Um, really focusing on uh, on our core products to get to, you know, carry us through, especially in times like right now where we're finding a lot of competition in the market, both from, you know, local, but also national brands and then brands that are not truly kombucha, but they call themselves probiotic or whatnot. We're seeing a lot of a lot of pressure there. so. It's really important for us to like keep doing what we're doing based on our values that we were founded on, um, which is you know customer customer satisfaction first, quality above everything else, and consistency.
0: No, that's great. You're I've seen your stuff like give people an idea of like where they can find your stuff. Like you're you're not just Cause you would think like kombucha is obviously a beverage. So it's like, it could be consumed anywhere. So therefore I've seen it at like a la carte. Um, I've seen it at different restaurants. I've seen it not, it doesn't have to be a vegan restaurant or a health food restaurant. Uh, I've seen it in a variety of different places. So give people a little bit of an idea of that. And then how, how is that, has it gotten easier for you to kind of get your product in locations now? Um, especially since as you've kind of grown, grown your, uh, you know, I guess your, what was it? What would we call it? Your, your, your basically your product list or your places that other places that are carrying it to be able to kind of be like, Hey, I'm using, you know, look at all the other places that are trying it. Are you interested And here's some of my samples and mm-hmm. things like that. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So far the easiest way for us to get into a place is word of mouth, having a warm introduction to somebody, you know, they reach out to us directly. They're, yeah. they're excited about the product. They tried it somewhere else. Those are our best customers. When I try to go out there and push, push products, you know, cold calls and cold visits and whatnot, it's really tough. And I personally don't like doing it because, you know, I, I can take a no, but it still kind of like distracts me from other things that I want to do. But it's necessary. You got to sell it. But the best way is um, to keep doing, you know, that I found the formula for me is to keep doing what I'm, what I really enjoy doing, which is making the product and creating new products and, you know, redesigning and making things better and letting it speak for itself through other people, through uh, word of mouth. So we've been able to, to gather like a pretty diverse set of customers we have, you know, small grocery store chains, we have uh, juice bars, we have restaurants, we have kava bars, we even have uh, relaxation places or massage therapy places like uh, the Salt Room in Orlando. That's great. Has it. Yeah. And um, yeah, we, we have a lot of different locations. Uh, so, you know, one of, some of our main customers are um, Chamberlain's. It, we have it on tap and in some cans in, awesome. in, in all of the locations um taco china a la carte 60 vines has it so you can you can get cocktails and mocktails there um we have like a cat bar in downtown orlando okay yeah and uh a lot of kava bars so a lot of our you know kava bars that are basically non-alcoholic bars that, that yeah. serve kava and kratom we have it in most of those locations
0: that's great no i thought it's awesome and then um, have you now, since you have, I know you mentioned sales reps in St. Pete and stuff like that in Tampa, are you also, they're also in those locations, not just in like just not in Orlando, but they're actually, you're kind of venturing off into other areas besides like the Chamberlain's are also in St. Pete or in like the Tampa area as well, or just central Florida?
1: Chamberlain's, uh, goes as far as, as uh, Lakeland. Lakeland, okay. but we have uh, a bunch of like Kava bar customers in, uh, Tampa St. Pete. And then we're as far as uh, the East Coast as well too. We're going from uh, Flagler all the way down to Melbourne. Oh, that's we great. Have, we have customers throughout the uh, the area. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's again, it's a mix of restaurants and and uh, Rockledge Gardens is a really cool place. It's a it's a plant nursery, large plant nursery, but they have a farmers market, like a permanent farmers market inside, oh, nice. and uh, an event space. So that's a really great place for it. We have um, Third Wave uh, in new Smyrna beach, which okay. is a great restaurant. They have it on top of it as well there.
0: That's awesome, man. I, what, what's been your favorite, we'll go with like, give me the two sides of the coin. So what's your favorite part of like what you've accomplished? Like when you go back and you take a look, what do you think has been one of the biggest things that you've, you feel that you've gotten out of, um, and, or accomplishments or, or successes that you feel from it? And then what, what are some of the, the harder parts, I guess, like that you would kind of be able to kind of share with us that you kind of experienced from, you know, as you've kind of grown?
1: To be honest, uh, this business has been difficult this past year, but there's been a lot of changes in my life that, that have happened. And, you know, what I realized is that when I started this business, I, you know, I was, I, I was basically following my heart. I, wanted, I didn't know where it was going to lead me. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't know if I was going to be making money or not or if I have to go back into engineering. But what I, what I realized is that it's really a tool for self-reflection. How I manage the business, how well it's doing, how diverse it is and all that is really like a reflection of myself and my attitude and where I'm at in my, in my mind, in my heart. Am I following, you know, my my mind? Am I following my my heart? And um, it really gives me like con- like immediate and constant feedback. Okay, this is this is going right. This is not. You know, where can I work to reduce my stress? Where can I work to be less reactive and more more proactive and and more responding rather than emotionally reacting? So it's, it's been really like a journey of self reflection.
0: Do you do it all in med- meditation and yoga?
1: I am now. <laughs> oh, I was gonna,
0: I, that's why I was kind of curious because like all these are all elements obviously from there. And I was, that's why I was kind of curious. Like what do you do for, I mean, obviously when you run a small business like this, you're, it's, you know, it's constantly obviously on your mind, but what mm-hmm. do you do for fun? What do you do to, um, kind of like to escape the, the, you know, everything else that you're doing with kombucha and just kind of the business and the growth and all of that. What do you do for fun?
1: Yeah. When I moved to Orlando, which was in 2012, I kind of changed my whole life. I was in the corporate world before. I didn't really know much about spirituality or I wasn't into yoga or meditation or anything like that. But when I, when I came here, I already started to like delve into it a little bit. And I joined the drum circle community and it's basically a community of a lot of open-minded people from different walks of life. We have lawyers and we have hippies and it's just a A place for adults to play and self-express and through that you have so many diverse people with interests ranging from meditation to yoga to um all sorts of therapies and and different modalities of of healing and uh you know how to get through all the day the day-to-day stressors in life so i really got into it and i was doing almost daily yoga i was doing you know meditation i like to meditate with other people it kind of keeps one accountable or you can use life as a meditation you could you know the work you do or like even washing dishes is a meditation so you know this past year like i said it was it's been a little bit difficult for me Um, i definitely felt a lot of stress and I was pushing, pushing, pushing when everything was telling me to slow down because I was afraid to, you know, lose business and make less money and all this stuff. And what was actually happening is I was affecting my health. And about four weeks ago, I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to cut out all these stressors in my life. I'm just not going to worry about it. And I'm going to do my best. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to go with the flow and just you know, basically, let let God take care of the rest. Just do my best, um, and it's been a huge weight off of my shoulders. I'm spending more time at home. I'm uh, relaxing more. I'm getting getting things done. I'm apologizing for not showing up in certain areas, but that's fine because it's yeah. you know you have to pick and choose.
0: Correct. Yeah. No, I think that that's amazing, and I think that's always I'm always intrigued by that because we tend to judge ourselves so so harsh uh and you know and usually it's like everything even though you know are just it's like amazing how our mind kind of works so i'm always intrigued by like how people kind of do that separate and be able to do that i'm kind of curious though because you mentioned group meditation because i know like you know single med, like you know meditating on your own kind of like controlling your breath and all that stuff like how do you do that with someone else just out of curiosity
1: so interesting enough we we've been getting approached um, i've been getting approached to to do a lot of to hosting of of events in my brewery because we have this big open space yeah. like I said in two thousand and nineteen we got we rented this uh, thirty two hundred square facility we were supposed to grow into it, but because of the pandemic, it really set us back in in our plans yeah but now we have this big open space where we host you know we host everything from ecstatic dances to um you know small drum circles and meditations and yoga and concerts small concerts and a lot of these things are kind of like group um intentional group meditations and group um expression and um it's often guided by by somebody who knows about it, yeah. like some breath work and all that. Like just basically controlling the breath. You know, the breath is is so important for our state of, of being of mm-hmm. um, our calmness and and uh, even changing our metabolic system. We can change with our breath. You know, we can we can hype ourselves up or we can calm ourselves down with our breath. So been learning a lot from, from my peers.
0: Yeah. No, I love the fact that you're actually using also using your facility for that. Cause it's kind of like a perfect, um, uh, there's people that do that, like at breweries, they do regular breweries. They do like, you know, yoga and a beer. So it's yoga and a kombucha, you know, exactly. it's like, you know, type of thing. I think it's like, it kind of fits hand in hand with everybody. Um, what advice would you give someone for wanting to start something? Get a mentor. Okay.
1: Yeah. Ask a lot of questions, you know, investigate, you know, Ask yourself, why are you doing it? Is, it? is it for money? Is it because it's a hobby you love? And whatever it is, it's okay as long as it's, it's true. You yeah. know? As long as uh, you're doing it for, for the reasons you know. If it's money, then that's fine too. If it's uh, to change the world, is it to change your community? You Know know, know what your values are. and And find a mentor because that's going to save you a lot of time and a lot of money
0: mentor in the field that you're interested in or just mentor in general or both?
1: I would say both. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be in your field. It could be somebody that has experience in, in, in business, in, um, entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. or business owning or business managing or business growth, investments, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. You, um, you obviously mentioned your mom, how your mom, similar mindset about changing, you know, flavors and, and kind of always kind of tweaking things. Did you have, have you always had an entrepreneurial spirit? Um, like you have, like, was there an influence that kind of led to that? Um, I'm always kind of intrigued by people where, like where, where it comes from.
1: Yeah. My mom is a, uh, she's an immigrant from Ecuador and basically raised my sister and I by herself. My father wasn't present my entire life. And she was a fighter. She basically brought herself here to the United States and then eventually brought her own mom um, out of like her situation in, in Ecuador and made a life for herself here. And when I was born in California, you know, three years later, she moved us to Brazil because there was an opportunity there. She started her business as a... Um, uh, bikini maker okay seamstress but pattern maker but mostly and she had like a little bikini boutique in this small town small um touristy town of cabo frio in in the state of rio de janeiro beautiful beautiful town i mean i i had a paradise of a childhood growing up yeah. and uh, when i was 10 we we moved back to to florida uh, to united states in florida because she wanted to focus on the education. So for me, she always instilled the is first. That's why she put me in the magnet program for engineering. And she's like, get your homework done. You know, that was top priority for me. And for her, she was always doing something to, you know, to put food on the table, whether it was substitute teacher, whether it was working for the, um, the school bus uh, organization. There's like a whole, mm-hmm. you know, Uh, corporation for that Uh, she was a substitute teacher she was you know a seamstress anything and everything she worked at Dillard's for a while um, but always had this entrepreneur spirit and always had like a side hustle and always like made the money at the right time and we always had food on the table and always had everything but because of that she was very resourceful as well too and never she never let me buy any junk food or any cereal there was never in the house it was always something that she cooked and it was always different <laughs> so yep there was never like the same thing. And it was always like, okay, what's in the fridge? Let's make it.
0: Yeah. No. And I think it's funny because that's also the reason why you ate cereal in your late twenties, because you didn't <laughs> get to have them. Exactly. Um, because that's the reason why I love sandwiches because my parents did uh, kind of deprive me of that. So I totally understand. Uh, and I, and it's very similar in that aspect that I pre- I appreciate that. I think that's, uh, that's awesome. Where can people um follow? Where can they enjoy living vitality? Where, you know, give a, give the information. I'm going to put it in the show notes and obviously share on social, but, Where, If people are listening right now, as they're listening, where can they, you know, kind of go on their phone and start either following you or kind of find out a little bit more about you?
1: Living Kombucha on Instagram and Facebook, Living Kombucha. Uh, We have a a link pop there where it links to uh, our YouTube channel. We have a a video brewery tour so you can really get to know our space. Yeah, I got to watch that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, it has a link to our, our website if you want to pick up some kombucha. And we're pretty active there. We are posting everything that we're doing, like all of our events in the brewery and also, you know, the farmers markets that we're that we're going to.
0: Daniel, thank you so much for, for being on. I I learned a lot. I really appreciate being being to get some time to talk to you. Cause I know we only talked for a little bit, uh, but I just enjoyed talking with you and that's why I, I kind of selfishly wanted to have more time to be able to kind of share your story and learn more about what it is. I also wanted to be able to try some more of your kombucha. Um, I'm super excited to be able to do that. Um, that's our show for today. Thank you so much to Daniel from living vitality kombucha uh, for being on and having lunch with me. Definitely make sure to check them out. Um, I would love to see it. If you, if you're anywhere local and you're having some, I'd love to see a selfie tag him tag, me um I would love to be able to see that if you go to a store and you see it on the shelf I I nothing I will I will push this even though I'm doing my outro there is no greater feeling than to see someone be excited to take a picture and actually take that extra moment to be able to actually share hey look what I just saw and it's your stuff and there's no better feeling than that for a small business. It's because, it, you know, especially if you're sharing it, not just to them, but also sharing up to other people, word of mouth, as you heard, greatest greatest tool there is. Um, if you enjoyed the show, definitely subscribe, tell your friends, check out other episodes, um, you know, hell, tell me which one you like the best, what questions you like, what you don't like. I want feedback because I'm basically trying to learn from all these wonderful guests. Um, If you want to support my brand, check out Deli Fresh Threads. And, um, you know, obviously you can go to delifreshthreads.com. Thank you. Until next time, keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion. Thanks, everyone.
1: Thank you.